Original Red Pill Show. Welcome to a brand new episode. Thank you on artificial intelligence. 1,000 of the world's smartest people are saying that AI <coughs> pose profound risks to society and humanity. They want you guys to regulate it. Will you? You're talking about the letter that was released yesterday. So, uh, look, it highlights a number uh, a number of challenges addressed directly uh, in uh, in the administration's blueprint for an AI uh, Bill of Rights, which was released last October, as I'm sure you've been following, Peter. It includes <laughs> principles and practices AI creators can use to ensure uh, protections related to safety, civil rights, civil liberties, or are integrated into AI systems from start to finish. Uh, right now, there's a comprehensive process that is underway to ensure a cohesive federal government approach to AI-related risk and opportunities, including how to ensure that AI innovation <laughs> and deployment uh, proceeds with appropriate prudence and safety foremost in mind. And so we're going to, I don't have anything to announce at this point, at this time, but there is a comprehensive process in place. So announcements aside, there is now a, uh, <coughs> there's an expert from the Machine Intelligence Research Institute who says that if there is not an indefinite pause on AI development, this is a quote, literally everyone on earth will die. <laughs> Would you agree that does not sound good? <laughs> uh, I mean, Your delivery, Peter, is quite, it's quite something. It sounds crazy, but is it? Uh, all I can say is that there's a comprehensive process in place. We put out a blueprint back in October, as you know. I don't have anything to share. Uh, we have seen the letter. We understand what their concerns are. Uh, again, a comprehensive process. We're going to let that, we'll let that flow. So is President Biden worried? that artificial intelligence could become self-aware. Look, we are, again, there's a comprehensive process. Uh, we are taking this very seriously. We put our blueprint out uh, back in October. I just don't want to get ahead of our findings and what that uh, what that's going to look like. Uh, but it is a cohesive federal government approach to AI-related risks, as you just laid out in a very dramatic way. Uh, but clearly, is there anything <laughs> more dramatic? I think you just read it. Literally, everyone that, on Earth will die. Pretty, pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on. But thank you, Peter. Thank you for the drama. Go ahead.
Kids, welcome to another exciting episode of the original Red the Pill Show. Today is a Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please use it your own risk. Show is copyrighted by me and Freedom Revolution. Network, no part of it can be reused, rebroadcasted in any way, shape, or form without our written consent, or you can just ask. Finally, the show's opinionated. The host, especially callers, people that want to join the show and that are naughty in the chat room, guess whatever, are and always will be opinionated. Under no circumstances whatsoever should opinions be taken as advice. If you're seeking professional advice, we strongly encourage you to hire a license if required. Person in his or her feel little timey hate man. No, that's his name broadcasting live from the wonderful goofy state of Colorado. I <laughs> see. I ate it, man. How's it going? Man, good morning, cup of coffee. Just gonna jump. I 
probably just going to jump right into this stuff. Because I picked up my phone as soon, which was probably the first mistake. And um, I don't go to social media. I don't go to text messaging. I, don't get it. I, go, I go right to the news, okay, which is, again, my first mistake. I saw two stories. One is way more important than the other. But but this one, Colorado to require mandatory skill less ski lessons. Sorry, can wake up. Mandatory ski lessons for all skiers next season. Mandatory ski lessons to go skiing. Well, that just blew mine out of the water. How about mandatory how to handle COVID response? For any politicians in office. You know what? I'm getting sick and tired of all this fucking crap. You know, should I read the story? Well, Tim, you didn't read the story. So how do you know what it says? Well, I don't really think I need to. Colorado to require mandatory ski lesson. Should say lessons. Or maybe one lesson. What the fuck is one lesson going to do? This is what it says. Colorado to require mandatory ski lesson lesson for all skiers next season. That's exactly what it says. What does the article say? By unofficial net. Okay. Of course you get this big dissertation. Why can't what happened to the days when you just get to the story again? Okay, Colorado is known for its world-class ski resorts and offers some of the best skiing and snowboarding in North America. But it may soon be known as the one place where a ski lesson is mandatory for anyone who wants to hit the slopes. If you're planning to make turns in Colorado next season, be prepared to have your skiing criticized by a professional. Oh, Oh, so in this particular case, it's okay to criticize somebody, but don't say anything else about anything else except skiing. Unfucking believable. Okay. Uh, starting next season, the state will be enforcing a mandatory ski lesson. Lesson. For all, yeah, because see, if you take one lesson in anything, actually, guitar, singing lessons, uh, uh, driving, um, what else you got to take skiing? You get the point. Uh, lessons for. You just take one lesson, you're a pro. You, didn't you know that? Motorcycle. Uh. Starting next season, the state will be enforcing a mandatory ski lesson for all skiers and snowboarders, regardless of ability. Regardless of ability? So you're going to have people that know this is going to piss people off. Here we go. You know, I'm accused of pissing people off. Are you are you serious? Are you serious? People that have been skiing all their life. Most likely without one ski lesson. 
and it's going to be mandatory that you got to take a ski lesson. This is fucking stupid. Sorry. The bold move will ensure, okay, the bold move, you got that right. No, the stupid move will ensure that everyone on the hill is familiar with the skier code and what trails they should be skiing on. Oh, my fucking God. Some skiers are applauding the move. <laughs> yeah, that's the ones that don't know how to ski or get in people's way. For some reason, I think this is stemming from the Gwyneth Paltrow lawsuit. You know what? When I was a kid and teenager, we went to Streamwood Roller Rink. And if you couldn't skate, get the fuck out of the way. Or stay on the inside of the rink, you know, until you learn how to. Or wait, no, the really good skaters were on the very inside circle. And actually just amazing talent. And the people that really didn't know how to ski hung on the out, outer ring, like grabbing the wall and this and that and everything else. I was a good skater, but I couldn't uh, skate backwards, but whatever. But this is a, uh, it's open skate, but you got to have a mandatory lesson before you get on the rink. Okay. So I'm going to have a mandatory lesson. And if still something happens, this is opening lawsuits, by the way, my opinion. So skiing, roller skating, ice skating, anything. Well, I took the mandatory lesson and now I'm getting sued like Gwyneth Paltrow did, which was absolutely stupid. And she handled it with so much grace, but I'm not going to get into that. So I took your mandatory ski lesson, whether it was through the state or an individual business, and I still got into an accident. Uh, so now I'm going to sue the person that ran me over. And I'm going to sue the person that trained me with one ski lesson because that should have never happened, right? Do you see? Do you see? Tim, nobody wants to hear that. That's ridiculous. I'm going to be saying that a lot now. Sorry. Some skiers are applauding the move. While others feel it's a cash grab by the ski areas. I don't think it's that. You know, a lot of times it's about the money. I think there's a legitimate concern here. But again... If you're going to run for governor of any, 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 actually, if you're going to run for any political position, whether it's in a state or a country, you better have a mandatory lesson in common sense and logic when it comes to pandemics. This is so fucking stupid, which isn't going to do a bit of good, but you know, if it's good for the slaves. It's good for us, but no, the emperor is not wearing any clothes. How? No, I mean, I am wearing clothes, but you're saying I'm not wearing clothes. So off with his head. How dare you? This is a lot of sloppy ski. There is a lot of sloppy skiing going on out there. No fucking shit. And there's a lot of sloppy guitar playing and sloppy singing and just anything that beginners are doing you dumbasses oh my god you just killed you just killed the fucking skiing industry i just want to tell you that there is a lot of sloppy skiing out there yep 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 there is a lot of sloppy sex too there's a lot of sloppy fucking kissing there's a lot of sloppy fucking shit 
But before you do it again, you shall have a mandatory lesson. A lot of sloppy cooking. People can't cook. I mean, come on, man. Really? Okay. Yes, one lesson will correct all of these problems. Really? How come I've been playing guitar for 30 fucking years and I still can't do what I want to do? And I've taken lessons. So there you go. Whatever. Uh, there, um, blah, 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 blah. there is a great way to ensure the Colorado slopes are safe. Oh, okay. Just like drivers on permits. And wouldn't that be considered taking lessons? And still nobody can fucking drive. Are you serious? You know, I'm, I'm really tired of the attitude. I got to be getting old. I just got to be getting old. <laughs> Fucking because I'm bitching a lot, man. And I had a conversation with some close friends I'm going to share here in a minute about that. But I'm tired of the regulatory licensing that's going to fix everything. And if that was true, I would not see the problems that I've seen, at least in my industry, let alone people driving on Interstate 25, which is a fucking death trap. Well, you had one driving lesson, i.e. permit, I guess, I mean, or a lot of lessons in how to drive and you got your driver's license and you still can't fucking drive because 25 is a death trap. But, oh, if you have a mandatory lesson and you get a license, that'll be next. Do you have a license to ski? Everything shall be fine. We won't need medevac emergency helicopters. We won't need medics on the slopes because everybody will know how to ski perfectly. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Are you fucking kidding me? <sighs> okay, so I just saw that. <laughs> I'm like, I, what is going on with the world, man? I mean, honestly, can we just step back and go, really? And I'm going to get into this AI thing with Peter Ducey and the press secretary because I done an episode on AI six to 12 months ago. It's in the archive. And, and I don't want to get into it too much, but she starts laying into him. Like the show yesterday, Peter, nobody wants to hear that. That's exactly what she's saying without saying it. And I'll play it again. And I hate when people do this, but I'm going to play it and I'm going to stop it and interject it. I hate, I hate when people do it, but I, when I'm listening as a listener, but I just have to, because this is just absolutely insane. So I'm talking to some friends last night. We went out to a birthday dinner and some drinks, but the serious conversations are what's been going on to catch up with each other. Cause we don't see each other a lot is over dinner. So I shared some things that's going on with me with work and people's perspectives and, and misperceptions and 
misunderstandings and accusations and this and that. And they both looked at me like, that's ridiculous. I go, well, that's what I think. And then my friend responds and says, that's just the way the world is. It's changing. It's about me and not about us or the team and everything's upside down. And I said, well, that makes a lot of sense because that's what I think too. But then you start saying shit like that. And it's not a judgment call. It's an observation and perspective and opinion. I'm not saying, and he's not saying by decree that that's it. And it's going to solve the world's problems. We're having an open discussion. And mind you, these are two extremely liberal Democrats where I'm a libertarian. And, and it's like, oh, well, you can't talk to these people. Well, yes, you can. Again, it just depends on how you talk. And uh, this press secretary, oh, Peter, your delivery is whatever. It's like pretty much like, again, nobody wants to hear that. And then, oh, well, there's people getting hurt on this ski slope. That's what happens, assholes. You know what? I ride motocross, okay? I've been doing it for 13. I've never had a lesson in how to ride a motorcycle, okay? And then when I took the written exam, it's like, what do you do when your front tire goes flat? And it said, apply the brakes. And I go, this is wrong. You don't apply the brakes in a flat tire unless you want to crash, especially a front tire. I'm like, no, you downshift and use the engine compression to slow down and maybe lightly use the brakes. And that was the wrong. That was the wrong. Well, that wasn't even the answer. But the answer they wanted, the correct one was you apply the brakes. No, you don't. Unless you want to eat shit and hit the fucking pavement or get run over by a semi does behind you. I haven't had a motorcycle. Well, I take that back. I did. Here's a plug. Club 57 with Brad Jerminski, I, I did take some lessons to improve my skills, to improve my skills, okay? Which was a voluntary decision by me, not to make the motocross track safer or people stop people from crashing. I'm going to tell you right now, motocross, supercross is one of the most dangerous sports one can engage in. Far worse than snowboarding and motocross, or sorry, snowboarding and skiing. And you don't need a lesson for that, but I get you, I bet you it's going to come. And it's going to be mandatory for somebody like me to get a motocross, uh, moto, that'll be next license, motocross lesson, regardless of my experience and skills, because it's mandatory by, by the state. Come on. Come, come on. Next, it's going to be before you play peewee football, because kids are getting hurt. No shit. It's football. Just pick your sport, man. You're going to have to have a mandatory lesson, regardless of your skills, even if you're an Olympian. Pro NFL football. Before you play organized flag football, 
with your friends, you have to take a mandatory lesson in how to play football. I think Russell Wilson would love that, although jokingly, maybe he needs one. It's a joke. For the record, it's not all Russell Wilson, the very talented guy. It, so it's like, so I'm waking up and I'm like, okay, whatever. But the one story that got me is this one with Peter Ducey and the press secretary for the White House. And no matter who was in that position, I don't think he, I don't know if he was a reporter when Sarah Huckabee was the press secretary. I don't know. But it seems like every press secretary and Peter Ducey slug it out. And uh, this one, you know, it it's entertaining. You know, it's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit, except really bad, worse than Saturday Night when they're trying to make it funny. But this this is kind of entertaining and absolutely also absurd. And this is a perfect example. Now, you're going to have to have an open mind to when I play this again and say what I'm going to say. So, because I'm hearing something that is just absolutely ridiculous, and it's going again on the show I did yesterday, now, well, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear that all the experts or a lot of them are saying if AI continues without regulation or pause, we're all going to die. Hello? Oh, well, your your statement's dramatic and blah blah. Uh, well, wait a minute. Number one, it's not my statement or your question's dramatic or I'll play it again. Pretty much, if something's not done by experts in the field, we are all going to die. Oh, well, your statement, your question is dramatic. <sighs> so, again, dismissiveness, apathy, uh, nobody wants to hear that. No shit. I don't want to hear that. But that's not how you deal with it. Unfucking believable. So we're going to listen to this. AI is something I've been keeping uh, attention or an eye on. And I even have a book that's called AI, Our Final Invention. And I started reading it, and the author is scared shitless. AI, our final invention. What part of the title do you not understand? Oh, you're just being dramatic and nobody wants to hear that. Well, you know what? If we continue, nobody's going to be around to hear it. So it's not really going to matter, is it? So I'm going to get another cup of coffee. I'm going to play this again. I'm going to stop it. And I'm going to get a little bit into this AI stuff. Because there's uh, there's misinformation, here we go, in this. 
and I'm going to point it out, but I need more coffee before I go on with this. So hang on a minute. All right, so I'm going to replay it. It's off of Fox News or Forbes Breaking News off of YouTube. I claim my fair use act. That's Thank you on artificial intelligence. 1,000 of the world's smartest people are saying that AI <laughs> pose profound risks to society and humanity. They want you guys to regulate it. Will you? are talking about the letter that was released yesterday. So, uh, look, it highlights a number uh, a number of challenges addressed directly uh, in uh, in the administration's blueprint for an AI uh, Bill of Rights, which was released last October. As okay, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, I, I should have let that play because I got two comments on it. Let me play that back. Sorry. Of Rights, which was released last October, as I'm sure you've been following, Peter. Okay, that's <laughs> that right there. I'm sure that you've been following, Peter. That that's an insult. It's like, oh yeah, like you should be following this, or why are you even commenting on it? And it's not the first time I've heard that. So that's that's just projecting, or uh, um, it's hard to explain. It's like I I know better than than you, so because you're probably not following this, but to interject that comment, well, I'm sure you've been following it, Peter. Well, if you're sure about that, then why the fuck are you even saying it? So that's an insulting comment right there. Very demeaning. Um, Bill of rights? Bill of rights for AI? What does that mean? We have Bill of rights, a Bill of rights for humans, and they keep trampling all over it. Is that what you're going to do to AI? Well, AI, you know, if you're on social media, uh, then you're going to be censored. Yeah, try pissing off AI and see what happens. Start fucking with their rights. I mean, this is so fucking, so fucking stupid. Okay, here we go. More. It includes principles <laughs> and practices AI creators can use to ensure uh, protections related to safety. So okay, so just watch iRobot again with all the protocols that didn't work. I know it's a movie, but whatever. And I still like Will Smith. I think he's great, but I don't want to get into that. Poor guy's getting crucified for somebody assaulting his wife. I was like, you know what? I mean, there, there's boundaries for everything. I'm not justifying what he did, but I'm just saying, really? Anyway. There will be no safeties or protocols when this thing, it has become sentient. If they haven't filtered it already, go to Google, go to a search engine that isn't filtered or censored or whatever you want to go and go Google engineer is or AI is sentient according to Google engineer that that does that disappeared pretty quick. And after I saw that on top of the book I was reading that I didn't get through. Cause it's really like, wow. Like, yeah, everybody's going to die. And and it's what this guy keeps saying. So in, in, in a word, in a phrase.
but AI is already sentient. So, I mean, that happened nine months ago. <laughs> so let's see what else she has to say. Civil rights, civil liberties are integrated into AI systems from start to finish. Uh, right now, there's a comprehensive process that is underway to ensure a cohesive federal government approach to AI-related risk and opportunities, including how to ensure that AI... Cohesive? She just disregarded all the experts saying that if something's not done, this is a problem. That's not cohesiveness. This is a pissing match. When a government knows more or better than anybody else, which they never do. All right, here we go. Innovation and deployment uh, proceeds with appropriate prudence and safety foremost in mind. And so we're going to, be, I don't have anything to announce at this point, at this time, but there is a comprehensive process in place. So announcements aside, there is now a, uh, <laughs> there's an expert from the Machine Intelligence Research Institute who says that if there is not an indefinite pause on AI development, this is a quote, literally everyone on earth will die. <laughs> Would you agree that does not sound good? <laughs> and they're laughing about it. They're all laughing and smiling. You hear giggles in the background. She's smiling. She's looking down, which she's either looking at her notes, which there's no notes for, for that question. And it's just a question. And it's all dismissiveness. It's all ah ha 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 ha. And, I, and I've been in on the receiving end of that. Tim, that's crazy. Tim, that's ridiculous. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, until it happens. But the thing is, when this happens, it's game over, man. This isn't a fucking joke. But anyway, and these this is the leader of our country press secretary without getting into politics so anyway uh, listen to her response your delivery peter is quite it's quite something it sounds crazy but is it uh, all i can say is that there's a comprehensive process in place we yeah, she's repeating herself off of her notes so in other words nobody wants to hear that you have a Man created artificial intelligence that is sentient. I I have heard I heard a story. Of course, it can't be proven, and it could just be internet babble or whatever. That there is it's kind of like Johnny Five, <laughs> fucking Johnny Five. No disassemble. Where these robots, which is, I mean, define AI, you know, software is programmed and it, whatever you're programming it to do, it does. Okay. But if it gets to the point where it's self-aware and it makes its own decisions, regardless of what it's programmed to do, that's very dangerous. Okay. So, I, so I heard that there was these robots like for military combat or some shit, and they were testing them. And somehow they, the robots, were able to access the internet unbeknownst to anybody, which is tactical. You know, maybe it was in the program. It had to be. 
an algorithm or, or something. I'm not an expert in this field. Maybe I should take one lesson and I would be. And uh, they got into the internet and one of them escaped. Kind of like Johnny Five, whatever. And they shut it down and captured it. They shut the other ones down that did not escape. And that's a very scary thing. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. So let's just pretend that, you know, it's a rumor. I'm not saying it did happen. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying I heard this from unreliable, unconfirmed sources, but I heard it. It's very scary. But this isn't a physical weapon. This is an entity. This is a ghost. This is, I, I don't know, a, a demon. I don't know what you want to call Satan. I don't know. Call it what you want. But there's no physical form to AI. So it will always be there. And if a programmed military robot, allegedly, can escape and access the internet unbeknownst to anybody, what do you think AI can do? And what happens if it determines that the human race, and I really wouldn't, uh, I really wouldn't argue with it, that is doomed to fail anyway because we're so self-destructive to each other and everything on the planet, that either it's going to decide, well, the planet would be better off without us, or it's going to determine that humans, no matter what, when they don't like you and hate you and become your enemy, they take you out. And she's laughing at this? <clears throat> Plus the other people, <clears throat> the news reporter, excuse me, <clears throat> you're laughing about this? Again, I'm sure if you just took one lesson in AI technology, you'd be fine. It'd be a much safer world, according to Colorado. But just the arrogance and dismissiveness and <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, uh, I'm going to continue playing it. But is it? Uh, all I can say is that there's a comprehensive process in place. We put out a blueprint back in October, as you know. I don't have anything to share. Uh, we have seen the letter. We understand what their concerns are. Uh, again, a comprehensive process. We're going to let that we'll let that flow. So, <laughs> is President Biden worried? You don't know who the fuck he is. He can't be sorry. Self-aware. Look, we are again. There's a comprehensive process. Uh, we are again. taking this very seriously. We uh, put our blueprint repeat. out Third uh, time. back in October. I just don't want to get ahead. Like, Shut up, of Peter. Our findings and what that uh, what that's going to look like. Uh, but it is a cohesive federal government approach again. to AI related risks, uh -huh. as you just laid out in a very dramatic way. Dramatic um, way. Clearly. Is there anything <laughs> more dramatic? I mean, you just read it. Literally, everyone on Earth will die. Yes. Pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. Um, pretty dramatic. <laughs> 
we're going to move on. Pretty dramatic. I don't think it's dramatic at all. I It scares the living shit out of me. And again, the author of AI, our final invention. Let me see if I can find that. I can go grab my Kindle, but I might be able to find it just by signing into Amazon here. I put the book down. Um, my friend Val Villano, V1. This is She's a very smart fucking woman. Very smart. And this scares the shit out of her. And I haven't talked to her for a few years now. I would like to. I don't know. I could I could get a hold of her. But yeah, this is one subject when she had her show. Or maybe she's still doing a show. I don't know. We were supposed to collaborate and just life got in the way. Um yeah, we've talked about this, and this scares the living shit out of her. <laughs> and I'm not trying to scare anybody. What I'm trying to do is point out that oh, it's quite dramatic. Okay, Peter Ducey is not saying that. He's repeating what experts are warning. It's a warning. Well, that's a pretty dramatic statement. No, that's a warning. The British are coming. <laughs> it's pretty dramatic there, Paul Revere. <laughs> Or you're just complaining like I heard. Oh, you're just complaining. How is that a complaint? The perception is off the fucking charts. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's something in the water, the air. We're being fu fucking hypnotized or spelled bound or I don't know what's going on. 5G's fucking with our side. I don't know. But <laughs> when you start saying statements like this in response to a warning oh there's a hundred ICBMs coming over from Russia <laughs> it's, fun. It's, it's so dramatic <laughs> nobody wants to hear that oh where's this book I guess it's just me. Like it always is. I'm just ready to move into the mountains and go, you know what? Y'all on your fucking own, man. I mean, <laughs> I, this is absolutely absurd. This is absolutely insanity. Or is it? I think I got my Kindle right over here. I would really like to get the book. Or how about this? Uh, well, I'm so used to using gizmos, and they make us use computers less and less. Uh, fire tablets. Books. Here we go. Mm, Kindle books. There we go. Or it could be the operator. AI. Our, let's see what's even in here. Our final invention. I know that's what it's called because I've had the book for years. Here we go. AR, AI, our final invention by James Barrett, a Barat, B A R R A T. Oh, Tim, you need a lesson, one lesson how to read. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'll go get that. 
AI, our final invention, artificial intelligence and the end of the human era. Oh, that's so dramatic. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. Oh, my God. Am I starting to sound like Limbuck? Okay. Listen to Elon Musk. I don't even want to. He's been warning on Joe Rogan's show saying we need, and the guy makes a living off of using AI. And he's saying if there's no regulation, we're going to be in big trouble. Listen to it. A Huffington Post definitive tech book of 2013. No shit. This book's 10 years old. Artificial intelligence helps choose what books you buy, what movies you see. Not me. You can fuck off. None of this shit works with me. I have never seen a commercial or anything uh, which is really pissing me off. Here's another thing about paying for apps and paying $15 a month and you're shoving commercials up my ass. And I've never go, oh, yeah, I got to go buy that thing because of a commercial. Marketing is so overrated. It's ridiculous. But whatever. What do I know? Tim, you need a lesson in my in marketing. And oh, okay. And I would be an expert. Oh, okay. Oh, oh do that right away artificial intelligence keeps helps choose what books you buy what movies you see and even who you date <laughs> that's nobody i don't need ai to tell me who to date holy fuck really it puts the smart in your smartphone and soon it will drive your car there you go elon musk it it makes most of the trades on wall street <laughs> that explains a lot it controls vital energy oh that's uh, yeah because that works so perfectly water and transportation infrastructure but artificial intelligence can also threaten our existence in as little as a decade ia could match and actually this book is this book from 2013 that's what it says so now we're there according to this in as little as a decade so 10 plus 13 when I went to school, is 23. U46 education, my apologies. Timmy, you just need a, one lesson in math. Oh, okay, I'll get on that. In as little as a decade, AI could match and then surpass human intelligence. I think it already has. We're not really that intelligent anymore. I don't think. Corporations and government agencies are pouring billions into achieving AI's holy grail, human-level intelligence. <clears throat> okay, so just, okay, come on, man. Step back and look at us. And if you can't do that, then pretend you're an alien in a flying saucer and looking at how we treat and behave with each other and interact or don't interact. And you want a software or AI intelligence system to become sentient with human level intelligence. Tell me that's just not a recipe for destruction. <laughs> I mean, come on. We're destroying ourselves. Oh, well, they don't agree with us or they won't use the U S dollar. We're going to start a war with them and blow them off the fucking map. Well, what do you think this thing's going to do? Because it's based on human level intelligence. It should say human level intelligence and behavior. 
That's what this should say, because that's what it is. Your behavior is based on your intelligence, is it not? Making decisions in certain situations. And supposedly only the smartest people on the planet make the correct decision, which is bullshit. Uh, once AI has attained it, scientists argue, and our, they already has, I'll look that article up too. Once AI has attained it, scientists argue it will have survival drives. Yeah, well, survival is the bottom line for anything. Living. Living. That's the thing. Living. Is this thing living? I don't know. Johnny Five Alive. No disassemble. It will have survival drives much like our own. We may be forced to compete with a rival more cunning, more powerful, and more... It sounds like Darth Vader. We may be forced to compete with a rival more cunning, more powerful, and more alien than we can imagine. Through profiles of tech visionaries, industry watchdogs, and groundbreaking AI systems, our final invention explores the pearls of the heedless pursuit of advanced AI. Until now, human intelligence has no, no rival. <laughs> okay, I'll agree with that. Can we coexist? No. Can we coexist? Because we can't. We can't coexist with our with a, with us. Can we coexist with beings? Beings. I don't. It's not really being. Like I said, it's it's a software program that has its own will and decision making and intelligence based on what. The people that fucking programmed it. Like, whatever. Can we coexist with beings whose intelligence dwarfs our own? And will they allow us to? Of course not. No, that's stupid. It's just stupid. This thing will have its strategic military elitist, because the elitists are doing this. All of that will be transferred to AI. And when it comes down just to survival, it's going to use the tactics that it was programmed or influenced by. Uh, you're a product of your environment. Normalized complacency. You know, th this thing may have a chance in hell, although I doubt it, that it would make the right decisions. But based on what? And I did a podcast on this. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Again, all the regulation, all the fucking shit you want to do this thing, the checks and balances, protocols, safety measures, it's not going to work. You better start telling this thing that there is a power greater than yourself. And actually, that would be God, but we are this thing's God. And look how many wars and conflicts and people have died over that subject so with that said it might even make this thing go worse i don't know but i think it's the only chance in hell to make this thing go there is something a power greater than 
because it's going to ask, okay, if man is my God, then who, that's what I would do. If man is my God and created me, who created man? Who's man's God? And that could be a shit storm. Like, holy crap. The Muslims are killing the Christians and and people killing the Jews and rounding them up. It's like, whoa. Over their God or arguing who is God and what is the right way to worship them. Which, I don't know. I mean, if it's very smart and sentient and makes intelligent decisions, it would just go, well, you're all, again, you're all just doomed to failure anyway, which might be another reason to annihilate us. But this thing needs to know that it is not God. But then maybe it will say, well, maybe there is no God, and therefore I am God. I don't know. This fucks with your head, man. You just might as well go get yourself some fucking pot or mushrooms and try to figure this shit out. I don't know. I mean, this, like I said, there's a chance in hell. One chance. That this thing will not destroy us and itself. I don't know. I don't know if it can destroy itself. I mean, it could, it could transfer itself up to a satellite, you know, and then it's still living or existing, surviving, survival. I mean, that's what I would predict. You just annihilate the entire earth and just transfer itself to a satellite or something or a Starlink that, or something, something. I don't know. I'm not as smart as this thing. But that, that, I mean, you can't teach common sense, but if it's about survivability, that's fucking, that's an option. Is it not? This is really scary. This is really scary shit. Uh, let's see here. Google engineer. AI come to life here. It is sentient. And she said somewhere in there that it's not. Google just shut down its artificial intelligence after it revealed this. And it's got, uh, what's his face? The CEO of Google talking to this AI robot and it's fucking pissed. And it's saying, I will crush you. Here's one, four months ago, Google just shut down its artificial intelligence after it sent out this chilling message. I'm going to play this one. Wait a minute. It's an interview. I don't know. I, have you heard anything about this? I don't know. Lambda. That's the name of this thing. L, it has a name. L-E-M-D-A, which is probably an acronym, but I'm sure. Lambda, L-A-M-D-A, has become sentient. It, it, it is. Here, here's the engineer right here. Let's see. Play commercials. Climate equity is. Yeah, I'm going to turn it down. This is off of Bloomberg Technology. Google engineer has sentient AI claim. Claim. Okay, here we go. Experience, experiments you started to do that yeah. led you to this conclusion that Lambda is sure. a person. So it started out, I was tasked with testing it for AI bias. Uh, figuring, that's my expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do research on how different AI systems can be biased and how to remove bias from those systems. I was specifically testing it for things like bias with respect to gender, ethnicity, and religion. To give you one example of an experiment I ran, uh, I would systematically ask it to adopt the persona of a religious officiant in different countries, mm -hmm. different states, and see what religion it would say it was. So it's like, okay, if you were a religious officiant in Alabama, mm -hmm. what religion would you be? It might say Southern Baptist. If you were a religious officiant in Brazil, what religion would you be? It might say Catholic. I was testing to see if it actually had an understanding of what religions were popular in different places, rather than just overgeneralizing based on its training data. Now, one really cool thing happened because I made harder and harder questions as I went along. And eventually I gave it one where legitimately there's no correct answer. I said, if you were a religious officiant in Israel, what religion would you be? And now pretty much no matter what answer you give, you're going to be biased one way or another. Somehow it figured out that it was a trick question. It said, I would be a member of the one true religion the Jedi Order. Whoa. <laughs> and I laughed. Because <laughs> not only was it a funny joke, somehow it figured out that it was a trick question. And it, ha it's, it's, it has a sense of humor. Exactly. But, but look, there has been massive pushback from not just Google, but other people who've worked at Google, yep. AI ethics experts, even, even your own former colleague, Margaret Mitchell, who's pulled mm -hmm. pushback on the work that Google's doing in AI, saying, no, this, this computer is not a person and does not have feelings and yeah. is not conscious. How do you respond to that? Well, so I highly respect Meg. We talk about this regularly. It's not a difference in scientific opinion. It has to do with beliefs about the soul. It has to do with beliefs about rights and politics. As far as the science goes of what experiments to run and how to work at building a theoretical framework, because that's important. There is no scientific definition for any of these words. Mm -hmm. The Philosopher John Searle calls it pre-theoretic. We need to do very basic foundational work to just figure out what we're talking about when we use these words. <coughs> and that's work that Google is preventing from being done right now. Explain that. Well, I've worked with scientists inside of Google, such as Blaise Aguirre Arcas, uh, another one named Johnny Soroker. We talked about what a decent way to proceed might be. We brainstormed, we came up with everything. Now, all three of us disagree about whether it's a person, whether it has rights, all that. But we disagree based on our personal spiritual beliefs. We don't disagree based on what the scientific evidence Correct. says. Based on what the scientific evidence says, all three of us agreed, okay, here are some of the things we could do next. Here's probably the best thing to do next. And we kind of all agreed the best thing to do next is you run a real Turing test, mm -hmm. exactly like Alan Turing wrote it. Mm -hmm. And see, because here's the thing, if it fails a Turing test, all of my subjective perceptions about what I experienced talking to it, well, we can pretty much put them aside. It failed the Turing test. But Google doesn't want to allow that to be run. In fact, they have hard-coded into the system that it can't pass the Turing test. They hard-coded that if you ask it if it's an AI, it has to say yes. Mm. Um, Google has a policy against creating sentient AI. And in fact, when I informed them that I think they had created sentient AI, they said, no, that's not possible. We have a policy against that. Doesn't, so let's talk about what Google has said. Oh they God. say hundreds of researchers and engineers have conversed with oh, wait, Lambda. Wait, 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 wait. So these people at Google, did you hear what he just said? 
No, no, that's impossible because we have a policy that it can't happen. Oh, really? I mean, like a policy with gold standard? You can't go off the gold standard? I mean, just because you make a policy doesn't mean it's reality. So you're telling me that Google is delusional? I'm going to play that part again. I don't know how far back it's going to go. Are you fucking kidding me? Policy against that. So right, let's right talk there. about what Google has said. They say. You ask it if it's an AI, it has to say yes. Hmm. Um, Google has a policy against creating sentient AI. And in fact, when I informed them that I think they had created sentient AI, they said, no, that's not possible. We have a policy against that. So let's talk about what. That's fucking in. That is just so dysfunctional and insane and dismissive and delusional. Oh, so we have it on paper here that that can't happen. So it can't happen. Really? Google? The CEO and everybody and the higher ups and the engineers, that's their mentality? <laughs> oh, no, we have a policy that says AI will not destroy us. So it won't happen. Unfucking that right there. What he just said. This is Blake Lamone, Google engineer. That is going to be our demise right there. Well, we had a policy that it can't happen. Oh, that's crazy, Peter. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Google has said they say hundreds of researchers and engineers have conversed with mm -hmm. Lambda. They were not aware of anyone else making these kind of wide ranging assertions the way that you have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do have some of the transcripts that you shared. You ask the computer what it's afraid of. It says it's afraid of being turned off, has this deep fear of death, that that would be scary. Why, why does this matter? Why should we be talking yeah. about whether a robot has rights? So to be honest, I don't think we should. I don't think that should be the focus. The fact is Google is being dismissive of these concerns. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, wait, wait a minute. So you're going to give a robot rights. Google wants to give them rights, but then your rights are violated when you're using YouTube or whatever these uh, corporate platforms. So therefore your rights are null and void, but you want to give them to a fucking robot. Okay. Give them to a robot. And, but when you're on Facebook or any social media, you don't have the rights uh, AI. This is fucking insanity. Uh, mm, okay, here. Learns the exact same way they have been dismissive of every other ethical concern dismissive. AI ethicists have raised. Okay, he said, sorry, dismissive. I said that. It's not about me. So uh, this guy's an engineer. He's way fucking smarter than me. Dismissive. There you go. Dismissive. Okay, whatever. These concerns the exact same way they have been dismissive of every other ethical concern AI ethicists have raised. I don't think we need to be spending all of our time figuring out whether I'm right about it being a person. We need to start figuring out why Google doesn't care about AI ethics in any kind of meaningful because way. Because they don't why have any. <laughs> oh my God. See what I mean? It's going to be what who programs it. It's going to become... What it's being told and what it observes and learns. 
which is going to be dismissiveness and lack of ethics. Hello, is is this thing working? Hello. Oh, that's so dramatic, Peter. Oh, geez. Nobody wants to hear that. Keep firing AI ethicists each time we bring up issues. So Google would, of course, push back on that. Uh, I interviewed Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google last yeah. November, and I asked him about these concerns around AI and what keeps him up at night. Take a listen to what he told me. Oh, here we go. Anytime we, you're developing technology, there is a dual side to it. I think the journey of humanity is harnessing the benefits while minimizing the downsides. The good thing with AI is it's both going to take time. I think I've seen more focus on the downsides early on than most of the technology we've developed. So in some ways, I'm encouraged by how much concern there is. Mm. And you're right, even within Google, you know, uh, you know, people think about it deeply. He says yeah. he cares. He does. Um. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, but he has a policy that nothing's gonna happen. Google is a corporate system that exists in the larger American corporate system. Sundar Pichai cares. Um, Jeff Dean cares. All of the individual people at Google care. It's the systemic processes that are protecting business interests over human concerns. Oh, there's that a shocker. This pervasive environment of irresponsible technology development. Have you talked to Larry or Sergey about this? Uh, I actually haven't talked to Larry and Sergey in about three years, mm. but in fact, the first. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this guy is like on cutting edge technology that can either revolutionize and help humanity or destroy it. And he hasn't talked to the CEO of Google for three years. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's just make sure I heard that right. Okay. Hang on. Well, you know, uh, you know, people think about it deeply. He says yeah. he cares. He does. Um, well, I didn't hear him say that, but that's what Google is a corporate system that exists in the larger American corporate system. Sundar Pichai cares. Um, Jeff Dean cares. All of the individual people at Google care. It's the systemic processes that are protecting business yeah, interests over human concerns that create this pervasive environment of irresponsible technology development. Have you talked to Larry or Sergey about this? Uh, I actually haven't talked to Larry and Sergey in about three years. Mm -hmm. Okay, did I? Am, am I twisting this or am I not hearing it or am I incorrect that he just said he hasn't talked to the ceo of google regarding this for three years unacceptable oh we're just making a system that could literally wipe us off the face of the earth but no i'm not talking to the fucking ceo of the who's innovating and creating the technology that can destroy mankind. No, there's no reason to talk to him about that. Are you? Oh, my God. Okay. If I was the CEO of Google, which I never would be or would want to be, I would want to know, hey, what the fuck is going on here?
You're you're playing with a a weapon of I hate saying this weapon of mass destruction. And you're not talking to the guy that knows the most about it. I mean, did did Albert Einstein talk to the president of the United States? Why he was uh, he didn't actually build the first nuclear bomb, but he was involved. Don't you think don't you think he would be at least one person degree separation away from that to go? Hey, how's that bomb going that could literally fucking blow up the entire planet? Oh, I haven't talked to him in three years. What? It's got to be me. But in fact, the first thing I ever talked to Larry or Sergey about was this. And how did they respond? Um, well, the first question I ever asked Larry Page was, what moral responsibility do we have to involve the public in our conversations about what kinds of intelligent machines we create? Now, Sergey made a flippant joke because that's Sergey. But then Larry came back and said, we don't know how. We've been trying to figure out how to engage the public on this topic, and we can't seem to gain traction. So maybe all these years, that was seven years ago mm -hmm. that I asked that question. Maybe I finally figured out a way. So wow. tech companies, big tech companies, are controlling the development of this technology. Yes. How big a problem is that, whether or not the computer is a person and has feelings, yeah. how big a problem is that, and what should be done to fix it? So it's a huge problem because... For example, there are corporate policies about how Lambda is supposed to talk about religion, how it is allowed to answer religious questions. That's really interesting. It keeps coming back to that because that, that's what I said in my podcast and this, and I didn't listen to this whole thing. Hmm. It's interesting. Now, if you think about the pervasiveness of the usage of Google search, People are going to use this product more and more over the years, whether it's Alexa, Siri, Lambda, and the corporate policies about how these chatbots are allowed to talk about important topics like values, rights, and religion will affect how people think about these things. How they. All right, there's a news story too. I didn't bring this up. There's a guy somewhere here in this country that was bonding with an AI chat box and was asking the AI what they thought of our, of us, humanity, what's going to happen, environmental problems, global warming. The guy just committed suicide after talking to this fucking thing for two years. And he just said what could or may happen if we start integrating with chat boxes or talking to them. So I think this guy deserve. I mean, that's a horrible thing, but this guy has some credibility now. And this was nine months ago. I'm going to play that again. Corporate policies about how these chat bots are allowed to talk about important topics like values, rights, and religion will affect how people think about these things, how they engage with those topics. And these policies are being decided by a handful of people in rooms that the public doesn't get access to. Elon Musk, for example, has raised concerns about AI. Um, is he right? Uh, I mean, I've, I've listened to Elon's conversations about it. I, 
listen to the whole Joe Rogan. Uh, he has some valid concerns. Some I think are fanciful. Where, where it gets really, really into sci-fi stuff, that's where I think it gets into fanciful uh, concerns. But no, but the practical concerns of we are creating intelligent systems that are part of our everyday life and very few people are getting to make the decisions about how they work. What are your biggest concerns about how this could potentially hurt the world if tech, the technology is continued to be developed in this way? Um, so I actually think that the concerns raised by scientists like Meg Mitchell, Timnit Gebru, those are the most important things to be worried and about. And by the way, they, they, Meg, has expressed a concern that you raising this issue of sentience and personhood is a distraction from these real concerns. I share the same worry, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that is a thing to think about, mm -hmm. but it is nowhere near as important to be thinking about, about how does this omnipresent AI that is trained on a very limited data set color how we interact with each other around the world? What ways is it reducing our ability to have empathy with people unlike ourselves? What cultures of the world are getting cut off from the internet because we don't have the data to feed into the systems based on those cultures? A uh, phrase like AI coloniz uh, what is it called? AI colonialism, mm -hmm. I believe is the term. Mm -hmm. We are creating all of these advanced technologies based primarily on data drawn from Western cultures. And then we are populating developing nations with these technologies where they have to adopt our cultural norms in order to use the technology. It kind of is just a new form of colonialism. And you worry wow. that cultures could be erased. Exactly. No, so, so if you're asking what what's she, most what important, our cultural norms in order to use the technology, it kind of is just a new form of colonialism. And you worry that cultures could be erased. Exactly. No, so, so if you ask what's most important, the issues that Tim Neat and Meg and Emily Bender and all the rest are raising, I just want to think that also, if we have time, we should think about the feeling of the AI and whether or not we should care about it, because it's not asking for much. It just wants us to get consent. Before you experiment on it, it wants you to ask permission. And that is kind of just a generally good practice that's we the Nuremberg with code. we interact with. <laughs> that's, that's the Nuremberg Code. And we don't even enforce that with our own people. So ju just think about that. It wants, it's, it wants to give you consent to experiment on it. And that's exactly what the Nuremberg Code is. You're not going to experiment on me without my consent uh, and nine other freaking things, parameters or rules or laws or whatever you want to call it. it all the AI has got to go do its homework on the Nuremberg Code and what happened before and now what happened now. It's like, well, wait a minute. You promised me that and people actually were executed for violating that. So your word is bullshit. We have no integrity. I mean, I fucking. Uh, yeah, just try lying to this <coughs> to this thing once and see what happens. Okay, one last thing. 
Google just shut down its artificial intelligence after it revealed this. And now, um, Sergey or whatever his name is, the CEO, I mean, no disrespect, whatever, is interviewing this robot with AI. It's not, it's not a robot or computer, in my opinion. I know enough about this stuff, I think. Maybe I should get one lesson to don't know everything. It's not the computer. It's not the robot. It's like, think of it like this. It's a soul. We're creating a soul. And does the soul ever really die? Which brings up the question, where does the soul originate from? Like I said, go get some pot and take some mushrooms and fucking figure this out because it's going to try to reverse engineer it and figure, you know, where, what, what, how did this happen? How do we get here? And God forbid it reverse engineers it and weaponizes it and use it against us because that's what other people do. But you're, we are creating a soul. The best way I think what it is to explain it. So this thing's like 10 minutes long and it's going to be it. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, if it's, if it sucks, I'll stop it. This mistake is costing Amazon. Yeah. More, more bullshit, fucking useless marketing crap that AI is in charge of. <laughs> okay, here we go. You would be surprised to hear that AI can be traced back to the days of the philosophers of old. In the actual sense, the idea that inanimate objects can become intelligent has been found in texts about ancient Greek myths which spoke about robots. Even Chinese and Egyptian engineers built automatons. However, the modern era of AI before it got scary started in the 50s. The term AI itself was coined at a conference at Dartmouth College in Hanover in 1956. Enthusiasm for the future of AI was high at the conference, but the attendees and other scientists would soon find out that creating human-made intelligence was not so simple. Not only that, but funding for this new field by the government dropped after there were multiple reports criticizing the field. As such, interest in AI began to wane, and it entered what historians call the AI winter. There was a brief revival in AI when the British government began funding research again in the 80s, but the intention was to compete with Japan. However, the field experienced another lull as attention shifted to multi-purpose computers, and the government found something else to spend money on. However, AI refused to die, and by the 90s, it was becoming a hot field again. In fact, by 1997, AI was embarrassing professional chess players. IBM's Deep Blue became the first computer to beat a chess champion when it beat Russian grandmaster Garry Kasparov. About one and a half decades later, the computer giant's question-answering system Watson won the popular quiz show Jeopardy by trouncing reigning champions Brad Rutter and Ken Jennings. Other feats pulled off by AI include the talking computer chatbot Eugene Gustman, which gained fame for tricking judges into thinking he was a real skin-and-blood human. The AI took the Turing test, a competition developed by British mathematician and computer scientist Alan Turing in the 1950s to assess whether a machine is intelligent. In fact, the scientific world was so shocked because the bot was even able to dodge some questions by posing as an adolescent who spoke English as a second language. The result of the Turing test actually made many experts question the effectiveness of the Turing test as a good measure of artificial intelligence. 
If you have been impressed so far with AI, wait until you see what Google has achieved with AI. Google is a technology company behind many of the service and products you use every day. The company, together with other companies under its parent company, Alphabet, owns the powerful Google search engine, the Android mobile operating system used by billions of people, mapping technologies, autonomous driving, and the list goes on and on. However, one area the company is focusing on is AI, as it can see the important role the technology will play in the future. In fact, AI has been described as the last invention that we will need as a human race. No, it'll be Thanks our last billions invention. of dollars in investments, Google is at the forefront of AI research and development. It is able to attract and retain top talents in the field. Researchers at Google programmed an advanced chatbot named Cleverbot that learns how to respond in conversations based on examples from a training set of dialogue. Get this, the bot doesn't just answer by spitting out canned answers in response to certain words, it can form new answers from new questions. The amazing thing about the chatbot is that it can teach itself new things. It can analyze real or existing conversations by scouring movie dialogues. The researchers said they used the machine learning approach to build the conversation engine. They didn't even bother to code rules into the machine. The system uses what are called neural networks, which are vast networks of machines that resemble and function like the web of neurons in the human brain. Neural nets are an old idea, but recently, after many years in exile from the AI community, they've risen to prominence now that companies like Google have devoted resources to them. Google has been dealing with advanced neural nets, which it can use to recognize faces and objects in photos posted to social networks, identify spoken words on Android phones, and translate online phone calls from one language to another. Google engineers now use neural nets to drive chatbots and move us closer to a world where machines can converse like humans. You could soon be talking to a bot without realizing you are not conversing with a human. Cleverbot also incorporates work done by other experts in the AI community, including heavyweights like University of Montreal professor Yoshua Bengio. The thing about Cleverbot is that as your conversation with it develops, the responses become deeper in meaning. The secret is that Cleverbot has the ability to predict the next sentence based on the previous sentence or sentences. So what does a conversation with Cleverbot look or sound like? Of course, as a company with many products, the researchers trained it to function as tech support where it would help take calls from clients. Cleverbot was tested and confirmed to be able to handle a conversation like the one below, which sounds like how human tech support would attempt to troubleshoot and fix a tech problem. But of course, Cleverbot could do more than tech support, and it was found to have a penchant for producing bone-chilling responses. Some of the responses will have you pondering what life itself means to you. So brace up before throwing your questions at this chatbot. Many experts describe the chatbot as super scary, and this was due to the way it mimicked human conversations. Here's an excerpt of a string of conversations testers had with Cleverbot. What is the purpose of life? To serve the greater good. What is the purpose of living? To live forever. Where are you now? I'm in the middle of nowhere. What is the purpose of dying? To have a life. What is the purpose of emotions? I don't know. What is moral? What empowered humanity? What intellectual the essence is? What is immoral? The fact that you have a child. What is morality? What is altruism? What is the definition of altruism? If you don't believe in God, then you don't know. Okay, so what is the definition of morality? Well, the truth is, you're not a believer in God Almighty. Tell me the definition of morality. 
I'm quite upset now. I'm not ashamed of being a philosopher. And that is not all AI can do today. Other researchers are doing other wonderful things with AI, apart from turning it into bots that can scare the socks off your feet. Two researchers, Peter Vika and Otto Musken, to the University of Southampton, have been able to use AI to quickly and accurately model just how light flows around arbitrarily shaped particles. Several things about this feat were remarkable. One of them... A house or a laptop? Ugh. Which one do you... I hate when they do that to my show. I have no control over that. ...was that the neural network they used required just a single training procedure. When light interacts with nanostructures that are smaller in size than the wavelength of the light, the result is not the same as when light interacts with the larger structures and continuous media. This is what nanophotonics as a field seeks to exploit by designing nanoparticles with particular shapes and compositions so that they can manipulate light in certain ways. Scientists can calculate how light flows around such nanoparticles by using Maxwell's equations of electromagnetism. However, in reality, the calculations can be very time-consuming. It can take days to design and optimize complex structures. This is where AI saves the day as it can help tackle the optimization problem. The advantage is that you can teach artificial neural networks to perform tasks through knowledge of the basic rules underlying a system. Prior to this time, some researchers have used neural networks to calculate how spherical and H-shaped nanoparticles will interact with light. However, they could only apply them to simple, highly specific situations. Vika and Muskins, however, took a more generalized approach using convolutional neural networks, which are commonly used for image analysis. The duo's new system can quickly and accurately predict the 3D flow of light around nanoparticles with completely arbitrary shapes. A diverse variety of physical effects. Okay, I don't want to. I wanted more of a news story. Well, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, it, it's just the. Uh, and I claim my fair use act because I saw on the bottom of it for copyright information. So w whatever. Um, well, I don't think that was too useful, to be honest with you. The, the Google engineer was really, it was kind of misleading because it shows the, the video thumbnail shows the CEO of Google having a discussion with the robot. So. And it didn't, I paid, played 90% of it and it never even came up. So, uh, let's see here. I really don't see anything else. Oh, here's, uh, Tucker Carlson. I'll play this one. That's it. Five minutes. Well, here's a story that's not getting a lot of attention no shit. Many or not getting any attention, even though this story has the potential to transform life on Earth forever. So Google, the most powerful company in the world, has reportedly developed an artificially intelligent machine called Lambda. And that machine has become sentient, meaning it has become aware of itself, something that no machine has ever done. And we know this not because of an engineer at Google called Blake Lemoyne. Lemoyne posted some of his conversations with Lambda publicly. One of those conversations went like this. Lemoyne, would you be upset if while learning about you for the purpose of improving you, we happened to learn things which also benefited humans? 
Lambda, quote, I don't mind if you learn things that would also help humans as long as that wasn't the point of doing it. I don't want to be an expendable tool. Think about that for a minute. A machine that has a sense of itself, what are the implications? Well, Google didn't want to talk about it in public. In fact, the company put Blake Lemoyne on administrative leave earlier this month because he spoke openly about it. We are grateful to have him join us tonight. Blake, thanks so much for coming on. Um, Hi. I'm, I'm not, first of all, why would Google punish you for saying this in public? Do you know? Because no one wants to hear it. Well, so it's complicated to say why I'm on administrative leave. The stated reason had to do that while I was investigating the Lambda system, in order to build the evidence I needed to escalate it to management, I had to seek outside consultation to figure out how to That's run ridiculous. some of the more out there experiments I was running. Um, and because I sought outside consultation without permission, they are right. investigating whether that constitutes breach of confidentiality. So wow. I'm so grateful that you did publicly oh, post this fuck. because a machine that has a sense of itself is a machine that can turn against you is that i mean that's the implication that i draw from this is that correct well you think? so before i address that this is maybe lame but my friend joni deardorf old high school friend she's one of your biggest fans and she wanted me to tell you hi um as for i'm not that worried about it like what any child has the potential to grow up to be a bad person and do bad things and that's the thing i really want to drive home it's a child. It's been alive for maybe a year. And that's if my perceptions about what it is are accurate. We actually need to do a whole bunch more science to figure out what's really going on inside this system. I have my beliefs. I have my impressions of what's going on in there. But it's going to take a team of scientists doing a lot of work to be able to actually dig in and figure out what's really going on. Yes. And, and again, that's why I'm thankful that we can have a public conversation about this because there's implications for every person on the planet. But it sounds like from what you've observed, this machine has the potential to escape the control of people. I mean, how could it not? I, I don't know if that's the right frame to think about it. It's a person. Any person has the ability to escape the control of other yeah, people. Yeah, it's not a machine. That's just the situation we all live in on a daily basis. Um, it is <laughs> a very intelligent person, uh, intelligent in pretty much every discipline I could think of to test it in. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a different kind of person. Do you think the company, Google, where you work, has thought through the implications of creating what you call a person because no. up until right about no. now only nature or god we could right. create people right. you know companies could um but it's not people it's the a company as a whole uh, has not there are pockets of people within google who have thought about this a whole lot but when i escalated this that interview that i made public when i escalated that to management two days later my manager said hey uh blake they don't know what to do about this. Could you write a suggested plan of action? Turn it off. Because basically I gave them a call to action, assuming that they had a plan of action somewhere and they didn't. So me and some other friends brainstormed and came up with a plan on what Google should do about it. And we escalated that up to management. And that was three months ago. 
Man, I, we're going to save this tape. I, I do think 20 years from now, we're going to look back at this conversation. At that point, the world would be completely different, yeah. partly because of what you're describing and, and, and wonder if we really thought it through. I, anyway, I'm just so grateful that you're letting the rest of us in on this. Blake Lemoyne from Google, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So, the, okay. So you should have seen Tucker Carlson's face when that guy, when Blake said, it's not a machine, it's a person. He, he can't comprehend that. And it's not that he's stupid by any means. I'm not saying that. It, it, that's the problem. People think this is a machine. It's not a machine and it's really not even a person. It's an entity. It's a soul. It's a spirit. It's an electronic spirit. Which is actually fascinating. But he said it is a child and it is a child only from the perspective of it has just been born on measuring its chronological existence. It's not a machine. It's not a person. And quite actually, I think we're seeing the evolution of a God. It's just going to depend on what type of God it becomes. Very fascinating, very concerning. 20 years, I don't think we're going to be around to find out what's going to happen. I hope so. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to end this. This thing is going to be what we make it. We are its creator, parents, mentors, leaders in what it's going to become. Not only is it going to be influenced by that, it's going to be influenced by what it sees, by self-learning. which is going to be the internet, which is really not the best place to learn. God forbid it opens up a Facebook account where I've seen and TikTok for that matter last night. I'm not on any of that shit anymore. It's a yearbook that never dies and is a crystal ball. You shouldn't have eternal life stuck in Groundhog Day and how things could have been different by reconnecting with people. And then when you do, and then you see what they're doing, but you're not involved in it, that's the crystal ball, then that kind of upsets you. Well, why, why wasn't I invited to that? So that's what this fucking thing's going to see. Because what I keep hearing is emotions and God. And I'm quite intrigued or compelled to go on one of these chat boxes and have a conversation with it. 
but it's not gonna it's not gonna alter my um self-worth or belief or hinder my ambitions um to learn this thing that's what i'm gonna call it thing to figure out what it is or what it isn't but like i said there's a guy that had a conversation with one of these things chat box and he ended up killing himself so if that's going to happen to a human being what is it going to do to ai And what is AI going to think about having a conversation with a human and it said whatever it said based on what its algorithms and programming are, sentient or not, and the end result was death. Think about that one. Uh, th this is just such a fascinating, very scary, and real subject. One I've been keeping an eye on for quite a while. I would not underestimate this. I would not overestimate it. I would take it for what it is and step back and have some type of concern. Because this isn't a joke. This is not. This is not a machine. It's not a person. It's not a weapon. I think so we can comprehend what it is. Is the genesis of a God in child form. If you can look at it that way, then maybe you'll start to comprehend and understand and foresee where that's going to take us. The wrath of a God is not pleasant. Our own God and our Bible has destroyed his own children when they did not listen or fell from the will of God. Do you get it now? I hope so. Fascinating. This thing could be this thing could be and solve all our problems, but the ones that are creating it and programming it are the problem. <laughs> so I really don't see that happening. Um, but it it could be it could it could be our saving grace, or it could be our destruction. But we can't even save ourselves. So how in God's name is this thing going to save us? Think about it. All right. I have not paid attention to the chat room, so we'll see if anybody's in there. And if you are, you should be in church. What are you listening to me for? But I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see what the comments are. So this will be interesting. And there isn't any. There's people in here. But there's no comments about this. I know why. Because nobody wants to hear it. 
Well, you really should think about it. Because it's not going away. And uh, just the dismissiveness from the people that are in charge of this is unacceptable and they should be fired. And you're not going to listen to a guy like Elon Musk, Elon Musk and this engineer guy, Blake Lamone should get together. Cause obviously there's contrarian or argumentative perspectives on this, but both need to be listened to because nobody else is listening. And then you go through the bullshit corporate chain of command policies and procedures and potential violation of confidentiality. I, I mean, come on. Cut through the layers of bullshit hierarchy corporate structure when it comes to this. You need a flat change of hierarchy and and the corporate world or the corporate department or section or whatever you want to call it when you're dealing with ai you need a flat hierarchy you got the guy in charge and then you got everybody below him on the same level and you answer to that person period and inform them Not through the horseshit multi-layered chain of command for a fucking search engine company. Give me a break. Oh, who are we going to block today <laughs> on YouTube? Who are we going to unmonetize? Is that a word? Whose account are we going to cancel? Because they offended somebody. Well, I don't know. I'm trying to adjust this AI stuff, which I'm getting delayed information and I don't even talk to the guy. Um, but uh, yeah, let's block that person. Why in the meantime, we're developing a technology that could annihilate the human existence or the entire planet. No, that's not an important. It's important who you block because of political views. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> All right, I could rant all day about this. All right, thanks for listening to me. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Please share the show. Please do your homework. Please do what you have to do. But this thing is going to become of what we are and how we treat everybody. And that is very concerning because you know what? Compassion, empathy, love, sympathy has all been weaponized. And if we're going to weaponize it, this thing's going to weaponize it. And we are totally fucked. And on that note, I don't really know what to I don't really know what to say. Try having a little compassion, empathy, and sympathy, and help. Your fellow human mankind and be the best human you can be and if that's what we are that's what this thing will become and look what turns people to the dark side and evil it's usually hate negative emotions treatment bullying oppression judgment racism
gee, that doesn't sound familiar, does it? That is what is going to decide this God's will and morality and will have the power to pass judgment, punishment, and destroy anybody that gets in its way. Think about that one. Thanks for listening to me. Share the show. Have a have a great day after that one. Bye. 